Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group with our roundtable with our sponsor and partner, RHF Ninja Warrior Competition. Today is Saturday, February 4th, 2023. February is Black History and American Heart Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. No digital media producers, Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a partner on the line, Mr. Darren Jeffrey. He's a founding board member of RHF and also the original course creator, Builder for the TV show you may know, American Ninja Warrior on NBC. He has a panelist with us, two panelists, as a matter of fact. Deanna Jurgens, former U.S. aviator, wife, mother, RHF co-family, co-family founder, and former exec director of the RHF. And Richard Jurgens, might be a familiar last name, retired U.S. Army colonel and aviator. He was a commander of a company, battalion, and brigade level. A company commander, brigade commander, and a brigade and a battalion commander. He's a husband, father, and RHF co-founder, former RHF president, and current RHF board member. And we're going to talk about military families. How are you guys doing today? We're doing awesome. Yes, we are. You definitely got the Hi, family John. here. You got a husband and wife on the line. Probably the first time we did that on the show. Absolutely, guys. Hey, this is Darren. It's great to be back. And I just am honored to have Rich and Diana able to join us today. Um, I'll just give you a quick little snapshot. Uh, when I first met them, we were at the beginning stages of RHF, and the, the thing that struck me the most was that this is an amazing husband and wife duo because they were so able to fit the, the new scope of work and the additional bandwidth required for RHF to come into the world and for them to be actively able to support it on top of supporting their careers and their families and how they've done things over the years is just, that's why I wanted them to sit on the show. I think they're going to be an inspiration to everybody that's listening. So thank you, Diana. Thank you, Rich. Thank you yeah, thanks for having thank you for us. The privilege. Yes. So our pleasure is all ours. So tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, Diana and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, yeah. Rich. So I guess your names mix up. They're thick stuck on Jurgens. I wanted to say you were last. But I guess you were <laughs> so Diana and Rich, yeah. so tell us about about yourselves. So how did you guys? Well, first of all, what did you guys do career wise before you guys met? Well, this is this is great. I, I um, you know, I was I was one of those I was one of those uh, young 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 uh, boys that just you know I felt like I was born to be a soldier. So. Uh, a lot of my life leading up to uh, college and, and, uh, and my preparation to enter the Army was was all about that. And so um, the storyteller in the family, the great storyteller in the family is my, is, is my wife. So I will tell you, um, it, it, was, it was really in the spring of 1985 when, we, when I was just getting ready to graduate from college and, and head off to, uh, to my first bit of training. Um, that I that I met this beautiful young lady um, that I now uh, my goodness uh, thirty seven years ago or thirty seven years uh, later get to get to say is is my bride of thirty seven years so I'm gonna I'd like to turn it over to her because she is truly a great storyteller. 
So, Diana, tell us how you guys met. What was what's the a woman always had the better stories? So tell me what happened. Okay. Well, we were actually we actually were at so both of us uh, went to college, went through the ROTC program within our universities, uh, two separate states, and ended up at the George Marshall Conference uh, at Virginia Military um, VMI in Virginia in, as Rich said, the spring of 1985, and we literally sat next to each other in this huge arena. Um, and it was incredible that we met right there, never knowing we were going to be married, but we were both heading off to Fort Rucker, Alabama that June for our initial training, which was flight school, uh, aviation, uh, in helicopters. And so that was our initial introduction to one another. And then again, two months later, we end up at Fort Rucker, Alabama in the same platoon, same squad, standing side by side. Uh, and we trained together for three months in our initial uh, initial basic course into aviation. And so that's where our journey began. Wow. And you guys have the job that I always wanted, aviation. I always wanted to be a Blackhawk helicopter, but didn't make it and get a slot. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're doing something else more important. That's what you're doing. Trying to. Trying. So tell me, what was it like being a female going through flight school, particularly in 1985? Uh, you know, honestly, so good question. Um, I was quite strong-willed in those days. There were three women in a class of 63 for me, so that's just the numbers tell you the story. Um, and back to the military in that time frame, you did have to work harder and um, just try to stand out. And, you know, aviation wasn't something I thought as my husband wanting to serve his nation. I did want to serve my nation Aviation came to me my junior year in college as Rich, too. We both attended um, an advanced course at that time, they called it, and we were introduced to the different branches of the Army, and he and I both pursued aviation. So, again, it was uh, light for women as far as numbers, um, but no one, we all were treated equally. We went, we worked hard, and it really was an incredible journey, a great way to start my life, again, met my husband. We were not obviously married at that time, uh, became good friends with a bunch of other great people who were also pursuing aviation and serving their nation as young second lieutenants. Wow. And what was it like working together? So being, you're falling with each other, dating perhaps, what was that like? Well, we were in school. <laughs> Um, so it wasn't, and we were in two different classes, so we actually, there was no competition there. He went to one class and off, and I was in another after those initial three months. Um, so we both were pursuing what we, what we were there to do, serve our nation as Army aviators, and of course we were learning to fly aircraft. So it was a school environment. My husband is very intelligent, so it wasn't as hard for him as it was for me. I worked really hard, <laughs> but it was an incredible year that we spent at Fort Rucker, Alabama. And um, our story, again, as we learned, uh, got to know each other better, and I really admired the man that he was, even at that young age. And so quickly in the spring, um, he would tell you first, though, he liked me first. But anyway, we... Um, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not that I would just tell you that. It was true. It was true, Sean. I knew knew fairly early on. uh, She just took a little bit longer. (laughs) I did. I really did, because as I said, I was very strong-willed and hard-headed at that time in my young years. But 
here's the cool story. We both had dreams of where we wanted to go from flight school. My husband wanted to go to Panama. I wanted to go to Germany. So we put down Fort Lewis, Washington as our second choice. And we just said, okay, if we get that, then we're meant to be together. And we did get that. So there you go. (laughs) That's that's how we started our 37-year journey um, was at Fort Lewis, Washington in 1986. This will be helpful for a lot of veteran families. Um, A lot of people have met in the military, gotten married in the military, live on base. Yeah. So, or live off post sometimes. But so how do you manage, how did you manage family and work when you first started out? Um, Did you have kids? Um, how did that all work out? And then where you are, where are you today? Okay, so we started out in actually the same brigade, but two separate battalions at Fort Lewis, which was a good thing. My husband was an attack helicopter pilot, and I was a support helicopter pilot. Um, so that was good and healthy for our marriage, because otherwise, too much competition. Um, so that was our initial five years in the military. In fact, that was my only was five years, because our first daughter was born in that season. And it really did take teamwork, uh, being in the same brigade, often gone to training at separate times, uh, gone just away for separate times. And it really was teamwork. And it really wasn't an easy season because there was so much on our plate. And, of course, when you serve your nation, that mission comes first, and it has to. So um, the reason I stepped out of the military was because um, – even though initial plan for both Rich and I was to serve for 20 years or beyond retirement, my first daughter changed my priorities. Um, and it was very hard to juggle. So, Sean, I would say we did work together well, and um, we made it through those five years. But it helped me refocus a little bit to be able to step out of the military and then know how to support my soldier and take care of my family, and yet use all that I learned in the military still to serve the military family. So it's just a little bit of a refocus for me. Um, Rich continued on, and Rich, you can tell the rest of your story, but um, that is yeah. how it all began. Yeah, and, and, and Sean, I think, you know, the, <laughs> what, what, what isn't, uh, what was pretty important in those, in those uh, 37 years, uh, we, we had, um, we had uh, eight children all together. They uh, eight daughters, uh, to be exact. And um, oh. and, and, and and yeah, full house. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it it was a full house, and it's a house that moved. We we moved fourteen times mm. um, uh, in, in that time period. So uh, probably not probably not a, a typical uh, you know uh, typical family life. But but I will tell you the. Um, it, it, it was it, it was really it was really a story of a family growing and growing and growing together, and 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 through some through some really really challenging times. You know when you're all uh, <laughs> when you're when you're when all your daughters are, are laying on a on a pile of bags um, in, in in at SeaTac Airport in Seattle. <laughs> uh, waiting for a plane that's going to take you on a on an eighteen hour flight to uh, to Seoul, Korea, uh, for a two year duty station, you know, t- time there. You know, it's uh, you know, we, we have a picture of it. You know, this big pile of bags and all the girls asleep <laughs> on on top of the bags. And uh, you know, I, I, honestly, I look back on it and I I, I I I sometimes wonder how we got there, but then um, or how we got through it, but 
Um, uh, Sean, I will tell you, uh, and it kind of goes back to my initial point, you know, I knew way early on it took her a little bit longer, but uh, I am one of those I am one of those blessed guys that married way up, if you know what I mean. I understand. So can you, can you tell me, what, how do you think it, it, it helped me or affected your children to have those experiences? Oh, I would love to jump in on this, Sean, because I was just thinking it. Let me tell you, that, that story he just told, mm-hmm. it did include my youngest, our youngest, one-year-old baby girl laying over a duffel bag, okay? <laughs> duffel <laughs> just bag. a place to sleep. We got on an airplane with over 200 soldiers that were on their way to Korea. So what that did in the hearts of our children um, now, the one-year-old does not remember that, obviously, but all the other girls remember. And, and here's the key, and here's the cool piece of this military life. You raise military families. Mm-hmm. So currently, we have four of our eight serving their nation in some capacity. Our oldest is still on active duty. Our second was an Army nurse, stepped away, married her soldier. So now she's supporting. He now switched, switched branches, but he's still in the military. She's supporting him. Our third daughter married a soldier here at Fort Bragg, and she's supporting her soldier who's serving in Kansas. Wow. Our fourth, do- our sixth daughter married an airman. Took a little bit to get him in the, in the door because <laughs> he was an Army. But <laughs> you raise military families when you serve your nation. And all of our daughters have a heart for the military. Wow. All of our daughters have been involved at RHF. All of them have supported, volunteered, been in it, since the beginning like we have because they know the reason why it matters because they've been those kids who need that kind of support and that connection so makes them better prepared to be also military parents as well absolutely absolutely that's the secret wow so how did darren trick you into into becoming part members of rhf (laughs) i don't think it was me (laughs) and i don't think it was me i was introduced to them i think josh had a big part to play in that Yes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, the, the founder, the, the the true founder of RHF, Josh Ware, who I think was um, uh, did did did, a, did an interview a couple weeks back. Um, uh, we we we've known him for years. Um, uh, even before he was married, we knew him as a single soldier, and 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 we've been friends with him, uh, he and his wife Angelina for uh, for for years, and and. Um, and and I was actually with him on the day that he purchased the property that um, that um, that Rick's place, which is our 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 that's our, our place for the foundation where we where we have our events and and host soldiers and their families. Um, I walked the property uh, with him on the day he purchased it, and uh, and 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 he he would tell you that that. Um, that some of the vision for 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 the Rick Herma Foundation uh, came for us and our love for military families and our desire to to create uh, a space um, for families to to stay connected and 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 enjoy uh, the outdoors and and each other. And he uh, Josh would say that you know we that 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 we. Diane and I uh, kind of imparted some of that vision to him, uh, but but it was it's just been neat to kind of see you know from that first walk on the property to the first um, board meeting and uh, where we <laughs> we just we just started pulling RHF together uh, it, and 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 then and it's about that time we met Darren. 
and so we we all kind of we all kind of we all kind of came from um from a lot of different places to to come together and then and that's kind of how we met Darren. Wow. So and Sean, guys- let me say Darren's vision for the Ninja Warrior course on our property was initially just incredible and we were looking at a property that we literally cleared our with the hands of other military families. We worked, we called them work days, met together on the property, and it became community. We were meeting the mission before we had anything on the property, and Josh had met Darren. Darren sees the property, he's like, hey, I can hang ropes here, I can put obstacles, I can do what he started going with his vision. (laughs) And and I was there, that Mm -hmm. first Ninja Warrior course, working with Darren as then the first executive director, and it was incredible. And it has only grown and grown and grown since then. And we have incredible people, a part of this organization like Darren, who want to thank the military family for what they do every day. So Darren is a dear friend of ours, and it's been our privilege to meet him and come alongside him in his support for what RHF does for the military family here at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. That's really impressive. Now, have you guys done the obstacle course? Yes. Uh, I have not. I have not. I have been there for every obstacle course. I will not tell you I have gone on the the elite course. I have only watched it be built numerous times. I have physically helped tear it down. <laughs> but I am there cheering them on. I'm there in support. I'm there as a volunteer. And the elite course is over water. Is that correct? Is that, did I get that right? Yes. Oh, yes. How deep is the water? I... I I, the, the, it's it's about it's about six feet, five or six feet deep, isn't it, Darren? Yes, uh huh. Just deep enough to let yeah. you know you didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, and, and for the record, for the record, Sean, um, I found the water very quickly. Hmm. If you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I I didn't make it very far through the course. <laughs> so what's but it? I will say, Sean, our Ninja Warrior course is one of our uh, just prime events that we do each year and again as i said i've been there each year and to watch and to help plan it i've planned it a couple of years and to watch darren's crew come in start building that course we we round out that team that he brings with volunteers and they come and they are so excited to be a part and then to start opening the property to our soldiers and their families it's just an incredible event Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone asks, when's the ninja course? When's the ninja course? Because <laughs> everybody wants to participate. So for the audience, Darren, tell us uh, how can people get information about the Ninja Warrior course at, at, at Rick's place and also how to get there, all the information they need to know, just when they show up, what they should, what they should bring, how to get all the information. Absolutely. So <clears throat> www.rhfnow.org. Get that website pulled up. Visit the website. Surf around, see what's going on. We have a we have a dedicated page for the Ninja courses. So as the Ninja program comes online for 2023, you'll see our dates, and then eventually, if you sign up to be on our newsletter, uh, you'll get you'll start getting newsletters each month, and that will keep you informed as to when registration opens. Now, if you're active duty or retired, you and your family can travel to Fort Bragg, Fayetteville, Fort Bragg, and you can come to Rick's place. And register for free, and uh, we'll give you a time slot. You come out, and you can hit the courses. The kids can hit the intermediate courses if they want to run side-by-side with their parents uh, or other siblings. Great competition piece there. 
And then for the hardcore ninjas that want to feel what it's really like, the real deal, real deal ninja, which has about a ninety percent failure rate, mm. um, somewhere <laughs> through the course. Uh, but it's again, it's the real deal. Uh, if you want to feel that course, then you sign up for the elite course. All of it's free. Military families, active duty, or retired. So come on out, get signed up, and and keep an eye on us, and, and we'll see you when you get there. So, Diana, what's the future for RHF, as you see it? What's, what's the, what's, we talked about this a little bit on, on the boat. How yeah. do you see the future of RHF? Well, listen, you know, I just want to tag team first quickly about the Ninja Course. The reason the Ninja Course, and it is a future of RHF, it's one of our, again, prime uh, programs, is because, you know, we strengthen military families. This is our mission statement, through fun, quality, outdoor activity. And, you know, when you put families together who've been apart for a season, but they come and do something like that together, Children forget that dad was just gone or mom was gone for 15 months because now they've made a memory, you know, Mm -hmm. and quality time together. So the future of RHF is to continue to meet that mission right here at Fort Bragg, um, the largest military installation in the world. And then we are still pursuing our vision to expand the Rick Herma Foundation to other locations because every military family deserves a Rick's place close to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean, and if I may add, you know, uh, the good thing about having a group of military folks is, uh, you know, we have a very disciplined and deliberate approach, and 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 and, and we we are, and it, our goal is to expand, but we want to expand the right way. You know, we yes. we, we are a nonprofit. Um, you know, we we RHF exists because of of of, of the gifts uh, and donations we receive from 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 people who believe in what we're doing. But we we have a we have a we have a real responsibility to steward that well. So, you know, and we're still relatively new as a nonprofit. So we want to make sure that we we still have a few things to do here in at Fort Bragg in the Fort Bragg area. Uh, we 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 want to make sure that you know we 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 do it right. That we've learned all the lessons that we needed to learn about how we built here, so that when we go to expand. We do that well, and that we're good stewards of of the resources that that people uh, give to us. I mean, I see a vision one day where I see a, a, a Rick's place or something similar to a Rick's place outside of every military base in the country. That would yeah, be, I think that would be awesome because I mean, it's, it's, there's no shortage of people and families that need this. And That's absolutely love, right. I mean, it's just fun. I mean, it's, I mean, we talk about all kinds of different yeah. programs and things like that, but I mean, having something that's out there that you can have fun with. Yeah. And again, Sean, fun connects families. Mm. It just does. They start laughing. They forget that they've been apart. They forget that it's been a long duty week and dad hasn't been at the dinner table or mom all week. And they show up at RHF outdoor Mm. fun and it changes everything for them. So we got about four minutes left. So can you tell us words of wisdom? So in military families that are developing now in the military, what advice would you give them to help them be successful What are some of the challenges you ran into as a military couple? Well, I will tell you one challenge, and this is why Rick's place is so, uh, it's just so passionate in my heart to make this thing go and happen and why we're involved. But when we first got to Fort Bragg in 2005, uh, we came from Korea. So you heard our story going. We had just come from Korea, and I was pregnant with my eighth daughter coming home. We were here on the ground three weeks, and my husband deployed to Afghanistan. So I did have my daughter, and he left two weeks later. So Rick's place, 
You know, having a place like that to go, the importance of it for families, supporting families, being there for families. Um, again, I can't say what we're doing. Uh, Richie, what yeah. would you say? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, uh, I, I've always felt like being a soldier was a calling. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, and, and it's really a family calling. I mean, um, I think the, the families that we see that struggle most is where the soldier has their, their army life and the family has the family life and, and the family isn't any way connected to, um, to the army. They don't know what unit their soldiers in. They don't know, um, they don't know really what their soldier does. So it's this whole idea, this, this challenge of if you decide to kind of, you know, separate your life as a family, um, I, I just, it, it causes real problems. So, you know, not only, for, for us, it wasn't just me that embraced the calling to be a soldier. Our family embraced it. Um, my my, yes. my bride embraced it. Our children embraced it um, yes. because because it can get hard. And and mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, embrace the calling. Uh, and That's and so you know, honestly, yeah, yeah. Can I just tag and stay connected? Richie said it. You know, don't try to separate yourself, staying connected, Mm -hmm. but not just with exactly where your husband's working, but with any military family. Stay connected. And, you know, perspective is everything. So I, too, agree with what he said. It's a call on the whole family. And my last word of wisdom would be, you know, make every new assignment, every new place you go home, because you're there for short periods of time. And sometimes you're allowed to stay a little longer, but making it home. It is what builds that community that you absolutely need to do the lifestyle that God and that you've been called to do. I believe. Yeah. That. And yeah. I, yeah. yeah. And, and I think the last thing as the, speaking from the soldier's perspective, um, you know, there was a, there was a time in there where there was about a 12 year stretch where I was gone more than I was home. And, um, and, and when you're, when you're, when you're deployed, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's 18 hours a day, seven days a week and even longer. And, and and that you, you develop this tempo and this 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 speed in your life and and I think I struggled with this. I will tell you, um, coming home, slowing down and reconnecting with the family. Um, I think that it's I think that soldiers coming home and being intentional about that um, is really really important. Darren Jeffrey. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.